Hello and welcome to Father Luke's homilies. This homily was preached in the Catholic parish of St Mark's for the first Sunday in Lent, year A. I pray that this homily is of some use to you. God bless you. Go on, you can have that little bit of cake. It won't make a difference. Not really. Go on, one glass of wine. That won't hurt. Go on, you have another. You might as well. Anyone who has tried to be on a diet will be familiar with the uh, internal voices that tempt you to break your resolutions. In fact, anyone who is alive, so that's, that's all of us here, will be well aware of the internal dialogue that tempts us to do things that we know are not good for us. Temptation is a tricky thing. It's everywhere. And it's everywhere in today's readings. In our first reading, we hear the temptation of our first parents. And in the gospel, Jesus is tempted in the wilderness. Jesus is fully God, but he is also fully human. And so he was tempted in every way. This account that we've heard from St. Matthew's Gospel occurs immediately after his baptism. Now, at Jesus' baptism, he was confirmed by his father with the words, You are my beloved son. Now, he has to face the whispering voices of the enemy and recognise them for what they are. And the first two temptations play on that very affirmation. Okay, if you're God's son, the devil says, surely he can't want you to go hungry when you have the power to get all the food you need for yourself. Surely you want people to see who you are. Why not do something really spectacular? And then the devil just comes out and says it. Forget your heavenly father. Just worship me and I will give you everything. Power and greatness like no one has ever seen. Fortunately, Jesus sees through this trap and he answers each time with words from scripture, which are words of God. Because Jesus is committed to living from God's word because he is God's word incarnate. God's word in the flesh. It's interesting to note the biblical text that Jesus used here as his key weapons. Because they're all taken from the story of Israel in the wilderness. Jesus had come through the waters of baptism just like Israel had crossed the Red Sea. He now had to face 40 days and 40 nights, the symbolic equivalent of Israel's 40 years in the desert. But where Israel failed again and again, Jesus now succeeds. Here 
is the last true Israelite, Matthew is saying. Jesus has come to do what God always wanted Israel to do. Adam and Eve, they failed. Israel failed. Now here is Jesus, the long-awaited Messiah, and he won't fail. He will be obedient to the end. Our first reading from Genesis, the Adam and Eve narrative, that underpins, of course, Jesus' temptation. Jesus kept his eye on his father and so launched the mission to undo the age-old effects of human rebellion, human disobedience. And as we heard echoed in our second reading, just as through one person, Adam, sin came into the world. So through one person, one man, the new Adam, Jesus Christ, life comes into the world and we are made righteous before God. Everything failed in the old Adam. Everything is redeemed in the new Adam. See the perfect symmetry, the beautiful um, symmetry of God's plan of salvation here. So what does all of that mean for us here today? Well, Temptation is all around us. We face it day in, day out. We are now, I failed math a few times, but I think we're five days into Lent, are we? Wednesday we started. Um, I wonder how our Lenten promises have gone so far. How are we doing? It's all right, I'm not going to ask you for confession publicly. Perhaps we've heard that little voice in our heads say, oh, that doesn't matter. You can eat that. It doesn't matter. You don't need to pray. Oh, that doesn't really matter. You can always start again. God won't mind. Well, you can always start again. Will you, though? Will you? I don't know. It's harder to start again if we've failed so many times. Temptations are natural enough. Being tempted. Having bad thoughts are not sins. I hear confessions and people come to me, I'm having bad thoughts, Father. Welcome to the human race. That's not sin. It's what we do with those thoughts, how we act on them. If we encourage them, that's what counts. That's what becomes sin. Fortunately, the church gives us this great, holy season of Lent each year to really strengthen us, to help us to resist these temptations and to fight our spiritual battles. The temptations we all face day by day are critical moments of decision in our lives. Now, they may be very different from those of Jesus, but they have exactly the same goal in mind. They're not always just trying to entice us to commit this or that particular sin. They're also trying to distract us, to destroy our peace, to turn us aside from the path of discipleship, the path that God has called us to walk. Because God has a a costly and wonderfully glorious vocation for us. And the enemy 
who is real, by the way. If you have any doubt about that, the devil is real. Jesus wasn't talking to a figment of his imagination. The enemy will do everything possible to distract us and undo God's purpose. Now, Jesus gives us the pattern and the model to respond. And as children of God, we're entitled to use the same defense as Jesus, the Son of God, himself. So we must know our Bibles, our faith. We must immerse ourselves in the scriptures, God's word. And so we should use this time of Lent especially to really study our faith, immerse ourselves in the word of God. And we can do that in many, many different ways. Yes, of course, there are lots of books and pamphlets and magazines, but we also have lots of podcasts and YouTube channels and all kinds of resources now. So when I say study your faith, you can be creative about how you do that. But we should immerse ourselves in our faith and in the word of God so that when the devil tries to twist things, we can respond boldly with truth, boldly with God's word. We must store up scripture in our hearts and know how to use it. Pray with scripture. We are to keep our eyes fixed on God and to trust him. Trust him for everything. And we must be courageous enough to say a firm no to the voices that try and lure us back into the darkness. And this, brothers and sisters, is why fasting is so important. It's no coincidence that Jesus was tempted whilst he was fasting. Fasting is a penance, and this discipline strengthens us in our temptation. When we learn to resist that extra chocolate bar, that glass of wine, that extra hour of television, or whatever, when we have the power to resist the little things, then we build spiritual muscles and have more power to resist the big things, the power to resist sin. Brothers and sisters, let us make no mistake about this. We are at war. We are in a spiritual battle. Each moment of each day we have a choice. A choice to choose God or a choice to choose sin. We are tempted by the enemy because he knows he is fighting a war that ultimately he has lost. So we should not lose hope because the ultimate outcome of this war is known. Christ has triumphed on the cross and death has been defeated. But we still need to make his victory our own. We need to learn to live in the victory that Christ has won for us. And we live in this victory by utilising the tools of our faith, by praying, by fasting, by works of charity. At the beginning of our Lenten journey, let us be bold in battle and confident in the hope that God calls us to do. The more we live in the victory of Jesus, the more we are changed. We are perfected and we grow in holiness. The more we can stand up to the temptations of the devil, the more we become ever more God's chosen people, God's beautiful people, the sons and daughters of God, the saints 
whom we have been created to be. Amen. Hello and thank you for listening to my homily podcast. For more information about the Catholic Parish of St. Mark's in Ipswich, go to stmarksparish.org.uk. If you'd like to check out my blog, go to fatherlukegoymore.com. God bless you and see you next time.